place you contemplate. So good morning everyone. Good morning everyone on Zoom. Uh, to give a title to this talk, it's called The Stress Response. And I think it's very important that we understand what our stress response is in terms of just understanding ourselves as human beings and our human nature and how our Zen practice is um, uh, very relevant to how we manage it and understand it. But to begin with, everyone has a stress response. You wouldn't live without a stress response, it's your survival mechanism. So whenever an animal, any kind of animal, needs it, you know, to see what maybe is a threat in their environment or where they may be separated from the herd or their mother, whatever, um, whether there's something, something that's going to be damaging to them. Everyone needs that in order to survive. And as human beings, we're born with that, that survival instinct within us. And so it's a survival instinct. Whenever we're threatened, it gets triggered off and it's an important part of our makeup as human beings. But when people hear the word stress, they often think of it, they often don't think of it on a continuum. When we think of someone being stressed, we think of someone being like this. You know? um, and that may be its more extreme version of it. But we have minor stresses that happen in our life that we probably don't that we don't even sort of really register them on the radar really very much. But they happen through the normal course of our every day. Like, for instance, when you think about when you got up this morning to come here and presumably you want to make sure you're on time and you weren't late, there's a mild stress reaction is actually motivating your behaviour to make sure that you, you get on time, right? or whether you're going to a doctor's appointment or something like that. Even, even getting dressed in the morning, you know, could be slightly stressful. Well, I wear that shirt or that one, or those shoes or those shoes. Um, so let's not think of it as being some extreme state. It's there coming and going all the time. And, but when we have more extreme stress reactions or when they become see there's acute stress reactions which are normal when there's a present clear and present danger but then what happens is we develop chronic stress reactions where we're, we're stressed about everything and 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 when there's not there's only perceived threat there's not actually threat but when we have a stress reaction um it it's got various different ways in which it manifests. One is in um, um, overextended seeking. Like seeking is a normal behaviour, like an animal seeks out food. We go to the shops and seek out, you know, what we need. But when, when a person or an animal is, is very, very stressed or chronically stressed, we get excessive seeking behaviours. That's when people go do retail therapy right? um, or they surf online you know or they do extreme adventuring you know or um, searching for something 
it's not a state of contentment, it's a searching for something all the time. And um, so that's one of the ways that stress can um, manifest behaviourally. And then, and, and the feeling behind it is one of like discontent, having to have more and more and more of something. Um, the basis of addictions, that's why addictive behaviour goes with stress. Then another one which people often don't recognise is that rage is also another expression of stress. And it's surprising the number of people like that, you, that you meet in therapy, like in domestic violence and so on, when they go into rage, they don't think they're stressed. They don't think they're stressed at all. But they are. I mean, it's obvious to everyone else around them. Do you know their, their, their face is red and they're, do you know, explosive, etc. They're in a state of stress because at some level they feel threatened. Their, their status is threatened or whatever it might be or their sense of security is threatened. So that's another one. And that and rage usually then leads to being, um, uh, whilst, while speaking leads to certain kind of behaviours to get novelty, rage leads to combativeness, right? verbal or physical or whatever, or just in your imagination. And then the other obvious reaction to stress is fear where we run away from things you know we avoid things that we we don't like um, and we want to get away from a threat rather than fighting a threat taking it on and then another one that's similar to fear but it's slightly different is panic like panic is a kind of fear but panic is what happens when um, is a, it's basically to do with a fear of separation. Like you can imagine a, a young foal, you know, in, in, a, in a herd being separated from the herd, you know, and they become, they get panicky. Or a baby, you know, or a toddler will get panicky if they get separated from their mother and don't know where, they, where you are. Or we, if you're travelling overseas and one of you gets lost, you get panicked as well, right? like we did once in Italy a number of years ago. And um, so that's more of a separation issue, right? And then it's associated with sorrow and, and, and so on as well. And then um, the other... So they're, they're the various different ways in which we deal with it. Seeking, rage, or they're the manifestations, seeking, rage, fear panic and then another way of looking at that stress reaction we, we, we go into fight or flight and they're, they're biologically they're, they're sympathetic nervous system reactions you know, big muscle movement you either you know, run away or you, or you fight and then you have two parasympathetic Reactions, which is so you got fight and flight over there, and the next two they're all F words. Fight, flight, freeze, and faint. So when you freeze and when you faint, you don't go, you stop, right, or you just conk out. And they're um, dissociative kind of states. You know, the mind just shuts down because it's all overwhelming. 
So they're the various different ways in which um, stress can come out. And uh, if we build up chronic stress and we build it up from um, maybe the way we're brought up or past traumas in our life, etc., and it's an unpleasant experience, and as Joko was saying in the cocoon of pain, we don't like unpleasant experiences. So we don't like stress, we try to get rid of it or even ignore it. And the main point I want to make, the reason why I'm bringing this up, is it's very important in our practice for all of us to realise that we do have a stress response. And to one degree or another, we may even experience um, chronic stress, whichever way it may come out in the way that I've described. And rather than having one, an image of ourselves, I don't, I'm not a stressful person, I don't get stressed, it's, it's far better, or like I'm a Zen person, I don't, I'm not stressed, right? You know, um, it's better for your practice to be able to acknowledge when you are stressed. Because then you've got a way of, of dealing with it. It's like, it's better in your Zen practice to acknowledge when you're grasping after something or have aversion or something, rather than ignoring it. Because you won't, you won't grow, you won't mature if you don't actually acknowledge what is going on. So it's not a, there's no shame in any of us acknowledging that we get stressed reactions or accumulated reactions from our past. Right, that come out when we get triggered. Um, there's no shame in that at all. It's it's a it's a, a demonstration of maturity that we can actually acknowledge it when it happens. But what happens, and this is what gets added on to the basic physiological reactions that we have or emotional reactions is that as we grow up, maybe as a part of our um, family upbringing, very much part of our cultural upbringing, not only do we have these basic emotional reactions, which just involuntarily arise, is that our imagination and our thinking then gets involved in it. And if you have a stress reaction which is then fueled by what is referred to as a vicious imagination. So you, you imagine like revenge fantasies or you start to hate people or develop racist views or whatever, you know, nationalistic type of views. Then it leads to war, you know, and, and, and genocide, you know, and rape and pillaging and all those kind of things. Or on a, even on a, in, a, in, in our own, domestic environment, you know, harmful things that are done to other people. Um, so it's when we add that vicious thinking or the vicious imagination onto the emotional survival reaction, we get evil in the world, right? But there's an, also another version of it as well, and that's what's called um, detached imagination. So when, what is meant by detached imagination is where we just become apathetic to, to injustice or to bad things or evil things that happen in the world. It's an apathy, a moral kind of apathy. So, you know, someone, even on an everyday basis, you know, someone falls off their bike in front of you and, and hurts themselves and people just walk by. 
that that's 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 detached imagination rather than just naturally responding to help. Mm -hmm. Not my problem, not my business. So this either it either goes down that vicious imagination, or or stress reactions go down the the detached. One leads to being combative, and the other one just leads to being compliant. Mm -hmm. um, but as um, uh, writers in this field um, state, it's basically you know vicious imagination and the combativeness, and detached imagination and its compliance and apathy is the source of most of the evil that actually happens in the world. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of how we practice with this, it is, it is very important we acknowledge when we're stressed that we're willing to um, be aware of the physical sensation of being stressed. Right? You can tell because you, 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 you're... Um, your blood pressure is up, your pulse is faster, you breathe faster, you sweat, etc. you're agitated. And it's important to acknowledge all those different ways in which it can manifest, like excessive seeking, rage, fear, panic, fainting, shutting down, etc. Um, so we acknowledge it, a lot of those things just come up involuntarily. You know, we can get triggered by things. So when it does, you just acknowledge it non-judgmentally. But what's so important um, in our lives to, to actually shift this and not be run by it in a detrimental way? And this is, of course, part of so much of what we emphasise in Zen training all the time. It's the thinking and the imagination really turbocharges that stress response. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can be aware of the, the stress response coming up, the survival instinct kicking in, and then knowing we're going into some resentment fantasy or ignoring, running away, distracting ourselves, whatever we do, as long as, as soon as we can be aware of that and not go into the, the vicious imagination or the vicious thinking or the detached thinking or imagination, just stay present to what is, then we're going to mature in the practice, in not just emotionally, um, but ethically as well. Because when we go into a um, stress reaction, we go into a survival mechanism I mean, basically all of us, all we're interested in at that point is me. It's my, me and my survival. Not, nothing else matters. That's the nature of it. Fine, in, in real, true life, yeah. genuine, threatening situations. But when it becomes chronic stress, it becomes a trait. Like, that's what, what we become. We're, we're caught in the self-centred dream. And so our way of growing out of that is just simply acknowledge that it happens to all of us and we don't turbocharge it through our thinking and our imagination. So it requires a, a commitment like um, 
um, I could give him an example from everyday life. I, I know that I get, it, it's important for me, like if I've got an appointment somewhere, like with a doctor that I'm on time, you know, it's just a value of mine, you know, to be on time. So I might get caught up in the traffic, you know, and then I think, oh shit, I'm going to be late, you know, and, and I start to get stressed. And then I get irritated at all the other drivers around me, you know, and start to get annoyed, you know. You could even beat my horn at some or yell or whatever if it was that bad. And it's like I've got to go, Jeff, you, you're stressed, right? And this is what you do when you're stressed. Just chill, right? Just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge you're stressed. And then as soon as that acknowledgement comes and you don't keep feeding it with negative thoughts, it doesn't take long before you actually calm down again. It doesn't actually take, take that long. I think I read somewhere that a, a really strong negative emotion can only last about 90 seconds if you don't keep fueling it with thinking. Mm -hmm. It just comes. Yeah, adrenaline go. only lasts two minutes apparently in the body. If you yeah, don't that's right. It, it yeah. spikes at a minute and then it yeah. starts to go down. If you don't feed it... And, and that's right. Otherwise it just keeps going up. Absolutely. Yeah, I listened to that this morning. How weird. Yeah. yeah. And it, you, it's good to, to know this for yourself through your own experience. You know, like if you're getting angry in the car, don't, you know, label the thoughts, keep letting it go, just come back to your breathing. Don't even try and get rid of your anger, just experience it. And like you're saying, you, you wait there for a few minutes and the adrenaline's then drained out of your body and you can't and you're fine. Mm -hmm. And then you make more rational decisions about what you do from there. And the doctor's always running late. Those appointments you get to, you think you're going to be late, and then you get there and they're like 20 minutes late. <laughs> that's always happens to me. So it's like, yeah, I, I shouldn't have worried. I'm not saying you, but that yeah. tends to happen a lot. Yeah. So let's look at what it looks like when we're not stressed. Right, so when, when we're not in a, a stress reaction, um, we're calm. Not only that, we're not just calm, we're usually playful as well. Like this is our true nature, right? We're calm, we're playful, um, we're not hierarchical, um, we're not competitive, and we then tend to see other people as collaborators, right, rather than competitors. Often when we're in a, in a stress state, and I'd say most, of, most people in our culture are in a stress competitive state a lot of the time. When we're stressed, other people, we perceive them as competitors, right? People are going to get in our way or get better than us or have more status or diminish our status or whatever. And that leads to irritability and fighting. But when you're not stressed, you're calm, um, clear-minded, playful, empathic, naturally, and other people you're more inclined to see as collaborators, like people who can work with you and help you to survive, do you know, and to thrive, rather than people who are against you. So that's what it looks like. Um, you could almost say that's a definition of enlightenment, right? <laughs> the more in, in that playful, empathic, collaborative, unified you know, experience of being in the world and it becomes an attitude, like it's something that becomes 
characteristic of what we do. That is the shift towards the awakened life. So, in summary, it's human to have a stress reaction, you know, stress responses. Um, chronic stress responses aren't healthy, right? and we all have them to one degree or another. So it's very important to acknowledge it without judgment, it's just part of our human characteristic. But it's also important to acknowledge that when we live in that stress state, our, there's, there's a downward shift in our emotional management and there's a downward shift in our morality right, to behaviours that are harmful to ourselves, behaviours that are harmful to others or to the environment. And so we acknowledge it, but what we do is that when we notice we're imagining imagination or thinking that that fuels it even more, or we've gone into apathy, right? We acknowledge that as much as we can, don't fuel it, let it pass. And then we grow into more of that awakened human being, which is our true self. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you.